0: If you're toying around with the idea of hosting an event, maybe this is something you have done and you wanna uplevel it or you've never done or you just wanna explore it, I hope this episode inspires you to do it and to do it really well. Coming off the heels of two back-to-back events, literally, we had, I was gone for like eight days and we had two back-to-back events that we just hosted for both our Maverick Mastermind and our Luminary Leadership Incubator. I'm gonna be sharing what we did to prep, how to have an inspired event for your guests that actually makes epic change within your business, what to avoid, and how to leverage it for continued growth within your brand. And if you haven't yet, please take a minute and freaking subscribe, bro, to the show wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts so you don't miss what we have coming because it's going to be really, really good.
1: Pull up a seat to the table. You are listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, where we elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders doing work that really matters. After working with countless entrepreneurs, I've noticed a theme. No matter the level of success achieved, they get to this place where they're asking, now what? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact. You want to do work that means something, and you want to be known for it, too. Somewhere along the way, it wasn't just about growing a business anymore. It became time to build your legacy. Plus, building the dream at the expense of everything else that matters, family, freedom, joy, is no dream at all. The Luminary Leadership Podcast is where industry leaders come to break through to their next level of achievement, purpose, and impact. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and I'm here to raise up this generation of leaders, us, so we can do our part in raising up the next generation of little luminaries. Get ready as we break down all things entrepreneurial leadership in a way that isn't being talked about. We both know you don't just need another strategy. It's time for your breakthrough. There
0: is so much power behind having people in person rallying around your mission. It takes you from this online brand to a powerhouse thought leader surrounded by and connected to a loyal community, people who are part of whatever your movement is. You can't get that online. You can't trade that in for really powerful Zoom. Zoom is an awesome tool. Online stuff is great. We use it all the time. But this is an opportunity to get more deeply connected, both with your team and your people that are attending. So I'm gonna walk you through Are steps in the process of planning and hosting an incredible event. But I wanted to first sell you on the fact that if you haven't done it or you haven't done it at the scale that you want to, consider it. There's never been a time in the world where people are more hungry for being with other people. And you can bring them together and make a massive impact and create change and people who will sing your praises beyond anything you could do outside of having them together in person with you. So the first thing to iron out is kind of obvious, but who is this for, right? Is this uh, an intimate event for your mastermind? Is this for your clients, like a big group of your clients that anyone could pay to attend? Is this for prospects, people who haven't ultimately bought into something that you offer? That's going to set the tone for what you're planning, how you plan it, how you structure it, what you can expect for both cost and ROI on the event. Because one thing to keep in mind is depending on who it's for and whether or not you're selling them into something else, that event can either be a brand establishing event that ends up costing a lot of money, or it can be something beyond that, that it can establish the brand and funnel them into what's next and an offering that would cover a lot of the costs that come from hosting a successful event. So after you have identified with your team, who is this for? And when I say with your team, I'm saying that because even if you don't have a big team or someone to host events, you need to bring in team for your event, whether it's bringing in, you know, temporary team to just get you through that event or an event coordinator, you're going to need backup doing an event on your own. I've done it. Holy smokes. I did it pre-children when I had the ability to work 24 hours a day. I highly advise against it. So the next step is setting goals. Once you know who it's for, why are you hosting it? Is the concept behind hosting this event to build community and connection with a group that's already existing? So let's take a group coaching program or a mastermind, for example. Is it for the elevation of that group? So are you teaching things and helping them evolve into what's next and it's a part of a program maybe you've already sold? Are there lessons they're going to take away and growth to be expected come the end of the event? Is it celebration of that group? So is it an earned trip or a bonus that they got or a chance to get away and to network? So you really want to know both who it's for, but what is this for? Is it to establish authority? So this is a common thing that a lot of brands will do is they want to break into this area of business and having footage of the event and all the amazing things you're doing and having people talk about it really helps establish that authority you're someone that's able to host something that people would pay to attend it could also be to position another offer so like i mentioned before oftentimes hosting an event it can be a very expensive thing and it's so the gamut runs so broad. Okay, so I've had so many people reach out when they see me host an event. They're like, oh, how much does it cost to host an event? That is an impossible question to answer. Are you hosting a small local event for five people that's not overnight and there aren't a lot of bells and whistles? Are you filling an arena with thousands of people and you're paying speakers to attend and a flying team and have security? I don't know. Is it $5,000 or $500,000 or more. So the the range is very very broad. It's so dependent on what this event is, who you're bringing in, what is a part of the event, what you're including, what you're not including. But despite the fact that it can cost a lot of money to host, it still can have a really powerful ROI if you're positioning an offer at the end of that event or during that event. For example, maybe you have another program that would be a perfect fit for this particular group that would be a part of their ascension into what's next. Maybe they've done something with you and now they have an opportunity to go into something more exclusive or high-end with you. So for a high ticket offer, if you have a lot of people attending, it doesn't have to be a high ticket offer. Maybe it's a smaller ticket or a lower ticket offering that you're getting them into. Maybe you're selling out your next event and this is just the rhythm of how you sell your events from your current events. So you have to consider, am I positioning something else at this event for the people attending? And are they in alignment? Am I positioning something that just feels out of left field because I just happen to have it? Or does it seem like the next logical step that they would take with me so that there would be a higher close rate in that process? And maybe you're just hosting this event to create visibility around your brand, around a pivot that you recently made, to have video footage and photos that you can put onto a sales page for the future evolution of this brand. So that's another option as well. The reason I want to continue to talk about this idea of hosting an event is because you're all here for leadership growth. And there is there are very few ways to establish yourself in leadership than to have people in person with you and to really be given that leadership challenge of both leading your team through the planning of the event, leading the people when they are attending, pivoting and adjusting as challenges arise, being solution-oriented. An event puts you immediately and automatically into a leadership position throws you into the deep end and it will very quickly either shine a light on your gaps and weak spots in leadership or give you an incredible opportunity to evolve and grow and connect more deeply with your team. So the third thing in this process is a budget. So some of the best advice that I've ever received from a mentor, and luckily I received it early in the game because one of the Plagues of entrepreneurship that I see a lot of is the idea of keeping up with the Joneses. How do I make sure that I appear a certain way or put up a facade so people think that I make this much money or whatever? It's so dumb. And the advice I got was not live within your means, it was live beneath your means. Just because you have it to spend doesn't mean you should. And the same goes for an event. Just because you can have an arch of balloons in every doorway and it costs you a thousand bucks per arch doesn't mean you should. So the budget for the event is going to be critical and trying to really first picture the vision that you have for the event and the purpose behind it. Like we talked about, what is the point here? How you want to serve your people when they're there? How do you want the event to feel and run? Is this a really high-end event? Is this a more down-to-earth, kind of smaller, more intimate event? And then setting a budget accordingly. Going back to your goals, if there's a call to action that will cover some of those costs, like a pitch within it to a high ticket offering or something of that nature. You can take that into consideration on ROI. Yeah, maybe we're going to spend $100,000 on this event, but we expect to sell $200,000 on this program, so we wouldn't be in the red, we'd we'd be in the green. You can take that into account. You can also depending on what the event is for and the purpose behind it, charge for people to attend or have tiered charging so you could have a vip option that helps cover some of those costs or you can charge and people can pay to attend the event for certain events of mine it's included with my higher ticket offerings like my masterminds and for others people would pay to attend and there are tiered options for payment to to be able to go there One thing you might wanna consider is if events are going to become a regular part of your business model, which they are for us and we're expanding in that, hint, keep your eyes peeled because we have a first of its kind event coming in 2022 that you won't wanna miss. I can't reveal the deets yet, but this is part of our expansion into events. Do you have a yearly budget for events? Are you just planning for this next one? Now, one thing I would challenge you to do Step into that leadership. Don't be reactionary. We talked about building a future thinking business. Don't just plan for this next event. What is the rollout of how you want to run events within your company? And when do you anticipate other events happening? Maybe it's smarter to have a yearly budget for events than an event budget solely for that event. Because if you have a yearly budget, you won't spend all the money you have for that year on one event when you plan on having another event in the near future. Once you have an upper limit of the budget of what, you know, the the top end that you would spend, you want to then start breaking that down so you're spending appropriately within that budget. Food is a huge expense within a retreat-like or event experience. Are you providing food? Are you not providing food? Hotel costs for team. Industry standard is typically that when you're hosting an event, even if that event is included, let's say, in a mastermind. You don't cover hotel or travel costs. You can, if you want to, I'm just telling you what the standard is. Food is typically, at least in some capacity, included, but it is a massive expense, especially if you're doing it through a hotel. Sometimes there are food and beverage minimums. So you wanna talk to the different locations and get an idea of what those minimums are because you might have to spend a certain amount to even do business with them. And it's always gonna be more than you think. It's not the same that if you brought in lunches from, let's say, a restaurant, they take a lot of other things into account, and those are built into the cost. For example, when we went out to Florida for this last event, we had to fly in a lot more team than usual. So there's the travel cost for team, and then we had to put them up in a hotel. Do you want your your team members, are they sharing rooms? Do they get individual rooms? You want to break all that down. Plus, do you do stipends or add-ons? to support them being, you know, away from their family or their business or whatever it might be. So you want to start to track that as you talk to different vendors and get a sense of what is this going to look like for me? And then when it comes to tracking, how do you intend on tracking it? Are you going to be tracking it? Do you have an assistant, a team member, an operations director? Are you bringing in someone solely to plan this event? And they're the event coordinator and they're tracking it. And how are you building that out? Little side tip save all receipts and bills for tax write offs and for tax purposes. You don't want to miss out on the opportunity to weave that into the appropriate tax write offs. You also sometimes have to look at an event when we're talking budget or cost. It's not just a cost, it's an investment. It's an investment in your brand if you're doing it correctly. And so, although it might cost you money, It's really investing into the brand. It's investing into the development of the community. It's investing in the possibility for where you're going next. So I think sometimes people think really one-sided like, oh, I got to have a budget. I got to stick to it. It's costing me $50,000 to host this event. Well, yeah, but what is the ripple effect that's going to come from you stepping in to bringing people together in person and building that camaraderie around your brand and them getting a taste of you personally personally? It's more than just a cost. It's an investment that should, if you do it properly, pay dividends. Okay, so the planning process. Holy smokes. I've had a lot of clients that they're like, I think I want to host an event next month. And I'm like, oh, sweet mother of pearl. You need some time to plan this. Our standard is a year out. Now, it again very broad array of the type of events you're hosting, how many people, how many moving parts. But for us and the types of events we host, we like to have a good year. We have planned them within six months, but it's stressful and it's a lot of pressure on the people that are really in the thick of the planning. And it will take you off other projects unless you're bringing in an additional team. So you have to keep that in mind. There's a lot that goes into it. So what time frame do you want? What tools do you need to manage the process? And who on your team is responsible for what? So we like planning a year out. We're already planning out our next one that isn't going to be for a full year. And the tools that we've used along the way that have worked for us and figure out what that is for you is we've used Trello boards in the past. We're currently using ClickUp. uh, And that way we can assign deadlines and tasks and we can chip away at it. So it doesn't feel like this massive heavy project that just takes over everything and all your other launches and programs and things you're doing and family and what matters most just goes by the wayside because you're in event planning mode. If you're regularly going to have events, you don't want that to happen. So if you have a big enough timeline and the right tools to track it, it can be something you chip away at. Maybe one day a week or one afternoon a week goes to talking to the vendors and having those vendor check ins. We also have incorporated into our weekly meetings. So there's a session or a section of our weekly meeting that is dedicated strictly to the planning of that event and making sure everybody has what they need to move forward. Team, critical. Who's responsible for what? What's on your plate? Who is in charge of vendors? Are you bringing in an external team member to support in this process who's designated just to focusing on this? Each person has their own board or assigned tasks and they take full ownership and they report back to the group. So everybody's in flow and knows, okay, I need this to move into my next things. You have this ready for me. And it's not all just piling up because that can be very stressful. The people that we've found are really helpful to have on team for event planning is one, the visionary, likely you. The person that's casting the vision for this event, the one that's able to answer the questions of Who is this for and what is this for and what are the goals with this and why are we doing it and who plays what role and how are you an integral part of that? So the visionary. Then having assistants, whether it's VAs or people you bring in exclusively to be assistants on this event. We have our ops director and ops assistant. So the operational director is taking care of kind of the structure of everything and the project planning. We have a videographer and a photographer that come out to the events to capture footage. Don't underestimate the power of capturing footage, both B-roll, photos you can use for your website or sales pages or marketing. So, so powerful to have. We have a graphic designer who helps us create the physical booklets and pamphlets and things that are handed out at the event. We have the integrator who's like integrating and taking care of all the tasks. We have tech because there is tech both in the planning process, so a tech VA, but then Don't underestimate what you're going to need for tech when you're at the event. So someone who's in AV, a lot of times hotels will provide that at a steep cost, but you need it. You need to have likely a projector and a speaker and a screen and all of those things. So there might be additional support. If you're not going through a hotel, you might need vendors, right? You might need the people that are going to cover the food and have the music there are so many different types of events, so it's impossible to give you the perfect structure of it. But I'm just going to rattle off the things that you want to keep in mind so that you can take it into account if it aligns with the type of event you're hosting. Hotel, hotel staff, you're likely going to have a contact person that you want to speak with throughout the process. And a tip from a good friend who's very high up in a in a well-known hotel chain, he gave me this tip of when you're going through the negotiation process, it actually is a negotiation process with the hotel. That was part of the reason we wanted the two back-to-back events at the same hotel, because we had more leverage. We were there for a full week. We were gonna be spending more money with them. We were gonna be highlighting their event. We had a lot of influencers coming that would be sharing their location. So during that conversation, don't just take things at face value. You can ask, what's the lowest rate available, right? Can you comp some of the food items? Can you waive the meeting space location if we hit the food and beverage minimum? Uh, can we take off 20% off AV because we're spending X amount? So these are all things that you can ask for. You can say, hey, uh, we want to we upgrade a suite for the founder of the company because we're all staying at the hotel and spending money there. So don't feel like you're locked in become a good negotiator and have those conversations. Maybe you can get spa services thrown in or a dinner or transport from the hotel to an event, you know, another dinner location you're going to or to the uh, airport. And then we like to provide gifts at most of our events. So that's something that you want to plan plenty in advance so that you have time to order them and get them. Are they things you're going to have to transport yourself or ship to the actual location and find out how to do that? So This takes us into logistics, right? So as you're in the process of running the event, there will be cancellations and they will happen last minute. There will be vendors who screw things up. You need contingency plans. And one of the most important pieces for me, and I'll explain this, is protecting the visionary. So we'll talk about what that is in a second. A schedule, you might need to be printing things on location, transportation, just accounting for all of those different pieces of the puzzle. So as you get closer to the event, expect there to be travel delays or people kind of dropping out last minute and numbers changing. Be ready to pivot. Be ready to, to adjust on the fly. Weather can affect things. Things can happen with your vendors. Also, as a part of logistics, we had people and plans in place to protect the visionary. If you followed along for a while and whether or not this is the case, I still recommend doing this. But you guys know that I've struggled with different health issues. So I've had stuff going on with my adrenals and autoimmune, and it's sometimes a nightmare. And one of the things that happens to me with regularity, because I host an event that's an intensive that people can pay to come out to the farm and we do in two days what usually takes people two years in the scaling and planning of marketing and offerings and everything for their business. It's incredible. But every time I have it, I crash the next week. So I know to block my schedule the next week and I've just kind of learned. Well, going into this week-long marathon of events where I'm speaking every single day and we're on our feet morning, noon, and night, my team was totally on top of protecting the visionary. When you're the face of this kind of event and you're pouring into people and speaking for days on end and you're energetically present and you're an introvert like me, especially, you need plans in place to protect yourself and your energy or else you will not be able to show up for your people like you want to and you might pay for it even greater later. So my team knew, for example, we included breakfast in our event, but I did not attend breakfast. I spent the mornings going through my health routine, that takes like two hours, so that I can stay as close to on track as possible and feel as good as humanly possible. So they did a great job of making sure, nope, this isn't your responsibility. Also, everything was taken care of. I was not responsible for any details. My number was not given out to attendees. Different members of my team were responsible for that. So if there were any issues, they didn't come through me. People knew not to ask me and they were told this ahead of time because I wasn't going to have the answer for them because it wasn't necessary for that information to be in my brain. That was part of the protecting process. I never talked to a vendor or the hotel. I was not even made aware of hiccups that could be taken care of by my team. This is a huge one. Things come up at events all the time. I don't think there is such thing as an event where something doesn't go a little bit haywire or there has to be a pivot or you got to think on the fly. I had trusted members of my team who had the authority to make those decisions without having to run it up through me. So when things happen, I didn't even know about it. Neither did the people attending. My team just took care of it. There was time built into the schedule for me to regroup. So between speakers and breaks, and that's also a value to the people attending. I've been to seminars where it's back-to-back all day or events, even though you're doing things you love and you're listening, it's still really draining and sometimes you need time to process. Well, sometimes that's also time for the visionary to process and to, to rest and put their feet up for a minute and take a break. And I was not in charge of the schedule. I was told where to show up and when and then just deliver what I had to deliver. I was so proud and so grateful of how my team really protected me like that. They made sure that the menus had things that I could eat that wouldn't make me feel sick because I've been so sensitive to stuff. They had things sent up to my room so I wouldn't have to go down and get breakfast in the morning or lunch in the afternoon. They were really on top of just kind of coddling me, and it sounds silly, but trust me, when you're doing something and you are the face and you are the energy behind the event, you need to preserve as much of it as possible. They also protected me prior and after. So prior to the event, I didn't have calls scheduled. And the whole next week was totally blocked off, knowing that there was a high likelihood that I would come home and kind of hit the bricks a little bit because I'd be so exhausted. They also made my flight times at times where it wouldn't tank me. I didn't have to get up at 3 a.m. to go catch a flight at six. They were trying to do things to preserve my energy and support me in the process. And as a result, I also wanted to give that back to them. So time off after the event and opportunities for them to rest or go to a spa or do those different things too. So it was give and take. One thing that we did for the members was they got an email ahead of time with all the details they needed, but sometimes people don't check their email or don't bring that printed out and have it with them. So in that email, they had all the details of where things were located, the schedule, but they also had the numbers of the team. But then we had locally workbooks printed with that information in there as well so that they were given that and it was physically in their hands and they knew who to call. They knew the kind of standard operating procedures. They knew not to shoot me a message because they knew that I wasn't the resource on that. So that helped protect me too because they had, okay, this is how you get the information you need. This is where you have to show up. Here are the phone numbers you need. And it was all right there for them. And that, that helped in the process. You want to think about the enhancements you want to bring to the event. So for us, it was stuff like the workbook. And then on the days where it was running longer, where we had multiple speakers, you know, people start to hit a lull, even though they're really into the content. So we had smoothies brought in and we had them. My team had little cards made up with the different smoothie options and they checked the one they wanted and then we ordered those. We did, at a previous event, body walking. So even though we were doing some masterminding and business strategy, we had a masseuse come in that did body walking in between the masterminding to just relieve tension and pressure and, and just to give them an extra treat. We had photo shoots, so they walked away with photos for them that they could use in their own brand and videography, so the videos that they could use. We had gifts for them waiting at the table every single morning at that the next session, We did in the past, we've done mimosa yoga at this most recent event. We rented this giant catamaran and we took it out in the Tampa Bay Harbor and it was beautiful at sunset. So you think about what you want that experience to feel like. Of course, you can include a billion things but what does your budget allow for and what kind of event is this and how do you want it to feel? And you can incorporate those enhancements, but those kind of shock and awe things doesn't have to be a huge expense, but it just brings a smile to their face and make, it makes them feel like you've gone the extra mile and that you're thinking of them. Okay. The final piece is the execution of it. So our director of operations, she comes up with a run of show. So everybody gets their printed out paper that, tells them where they need to be, what they're responsible for, and how this event's going to play out. It's a way more detailed schedule than what the attendees get. The attendees get need-to-know basis. This is when this session is happening, and this is the room you want to show up in. But the team gets the run of show, and it has a lot of detail in it so that everybody knows where to be, when, who's in charge of what. If you're having photographers and videographers Part of the process that you want to think of ahead of time is having a list of shots that you want them to capture. Do you want certain groups of people together? Do you want an entire group photo? Do you want specific pictures of you speaking in different places that you can use within your brand? Same for the videographer. Make sure you capture all of those things on paper and give it to them ahead of time so that they can be anticipating and make sure that they capture those moments so that you have them after the fact. One really strong tip I have is listen to the heartbeat of your group. Adjust on the fly based on the needs of that group. So here's what I mean by that. Obviously, you go into it with a plan. You have your talk scheduled. You have everything outlined. But when you're noticing certain questions coming up or specific needs or a certain emotion that the group is feeling as a whole, cater to those needs. More than anything, you want it to be a success for the people attending. You want them to have the transformation that you're intending for them or the feeling that you want them to have. So yes, sometimes we go in with our set plan, but we're like, you know what? We're going to switch these talks. They really need this one right now. Or we're going to totally change this dinner and we're going to have this happen. So that way you have all hands on deck, paying attention. They don't know that anything is being changed, but you're adjusting to their needs so that they have the experience that you intend for them. The execution of the event is what they're going to feel. And the experience of the attendees comes first. So you want to pay attention and over deliver. So we had a situation with our event, like always happens, you know, there's a cancellation in a flight. So we get the text message from one of our incubator members saying, hey, I'm not going to be able to attend. I've been standing in line for two hours at the airport. My flight got canceled so frustrated. It's just not going to work. I really want to be there. So I immediately told my operations director, go book her another flight. So yeah, it was an added cost, but more than anything, we wanted her there. She's a valuable member of our community. We appreciate her. We know she was dealing with frustration and we knew it could really help her out and give her an amazing experience if she was there, but we had to help get her there. And she wasn't getting anywhere at the stupid airport where they were just, you know, in line for hours on end. So that's where we wanted to go above and beyond. When you find ways you can go above and beyond, do it. We had another girl that was vegan and the menu options for lunch was pretty limited. So we door-dashed her a meal every day just to make sure she had something that made her feel comfortable and like she was a part of it and we were thinking of her. After you execute, after you have this incredible event that moves the dial and puts you on the map and builds connection. And trust me, it will when you really put people first. That's when you want to schedule a break for your team because they're going to be beat. Don't take them right into a launch or something stressful. But then ultimately have a time in the near future to debrief where you can come together and talk about what went well, what could have gone better, what do you want to do for the next one? And really just brainstorm and look at what is, drop the pin, figure out, yeah, this was great. Oh, this was a total flop. We'd never do this speaker again. We'd never do this topic again. And then you can come out of it with some great data for what's next. One thing I had some, a team member that was responsible for throughout the course of our mastermind events was just paying attention to what people were saying. What questions were they asking? Uh, what were they sharing? What things made them feel emotional? I just wanted, uh, really well-documented you know, sheet on all those things that we're feeling because I want to give them what they need. So although we couldn't give it all to them in that event, we're already anticipating what we're doing in the next one. So have that time to debrief with your team and show your gratitude for the people who poured into this event. Show your gratitude for the people who took time out of their lives, even if they paid for it, to show up and be a part of this. I can't recommend it enough, even if you start small. Have something with five people in your living room. That's literally where I started. We lived in a one-bedroom apartment in Boston, and I had four people come to my house and sit in our living room. We didn't even have enough space for them. I had to pull out a bar stool from our kitchen. So one person sitting on a bar stool, another one sitting on a love seat, another one sitting on the floor. And that was my first event. But bringing people together makes an impact. And it helps people get to know the real you and you get to feel the heartbeat of the people that you're serving and you get to serve them at a deeper level. So if you're looking to step into your next level of leadership and you're questioning what that next thing could be, I strongly advise you to consider the power of hosting an event. If this spoke to you, please hit subscribe. We have so much more value coming your way and I don't want you to miss it. And if you think this could move the needle for somebody that you know or that you care about, share it with them, share it in your stories, tag us, at Eliz Hartke. We want to celebrate you, we wanna know who's tuning in and we wanna make sure that we're giving you more of what you need. I hope today's episode gave
1: you exactly what you needed and if it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next juicy episode. And don't be shy. I don't bite often. So come connect with me over on Instagram at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question, a guest you want to hear on the show or an idea you have for us, just reach out and share your thoughts. We do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve. We pick a luminary each week from our social posts. So if you want to be entered into our luminary of the week drawing, then comment, save and share the Instagram post from this episode. We want to lead and spoil you. Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. So tune in next time to keep building that legacy and doing the work that really matters.